0: Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Shoots over Danny Green. Rainbow! Nothing but net! How did he do it? The fifth three-point shot of the night for Steph Curry.
0: This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy.
1: Curry ahead for Iguodala. The lob and The jam! He went up the ladder and slammed it down with two hands and a beautiful feed by Steph Curry. Led him right to the rim. Inbound to Iguodala. Left alone, right corner. Nobody saw him. He was wide open. And that play works again. 31-16, Golden State. How many times has that play worked over the last two years? Curry on the accelerator, stops, goes cross-grade the foul line, steps through traffic, locates Igadawa. It's another three. He's tied his career high with his sixth three of the half. Warriors lead by 15. Thompson passes the corner. Igadawa behind the back. The lead for a right-hand layup. What a pass by Andre Igadawa, And he slaps a low five with a fan as he came back up the floor. I had
2: a great, great view of it from the opposite uh, wing, and I don't even know why he even thought of uh, throwing that pass. It was uh, creative and executed well, so uh, it was
3: nice to you know, finish it off with a dunk.
1: Hawes, up top, Tony Roten, to Tony Rothen, Looks on the floor to Kyler williams he'll launch a three left side, will go, ball tipped out, Lee has it, bounce pass to Iguodala on the break, and a right hand slam for Iguodala. He's out there having fun. Curry accelerates down the right sideline by Hawes all the way to the rim, goes reverse, scored it, and got fouled! Curry putting on a show. Philadelphia's going to call an early timeout. It's a 7-2 Curry run to open the second half. Rotates out to Carter-Williams. Good touch pass to Hawes. Loads up a three and short. Rebound, Clay Thompson. League out for Bogut. Bogut goes up and jams it with two hands. Andrew Bogut. Challenged the shot at the top of the key and then just kept on moving. Highlights from last night's win, 110 to 90, and the Warriors go to three and one with a victory over the 76ers and start the road trip in commanding fashion. Game was tied at 12. Warriors go on a 24 to 10 run, and that was that. Eventually, the lead would stretch to 39 points. In fact, for the Warriors at three wins. They led by 39 against Philadelphia, 27 against the Kings, and 35 against the Lakers. Hi everybody, I'm Tim Roy and welcome to this week's edition of the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Last night, Andre Iguodala coming back to Philadelphia scored 32, too shy of his career high, but set a new career high for threes with seven. Steph Curry with his second career triple-double, 18 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, five steals, and oh yes, he had one block shot as well. He made sure he reminded me of that on our postgame show last night. So an impressive win for Golden State. They start the road trip in fine fashion. And the the Warriors now, here in Minneapolis, will take on the Timberwolves 445 with the pregame show. Now, coming up this hour, uh, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I sit down with Clay Thompson, who's off to a great start. And yes, it's a very small sample size, only four games. But he's averaging 22.5 a night, shooting 60% from the field and an incredible 52% outside the three-point line i'll get clay's thoughts on this season as well as the additions this year to the roster and he'll also tell us about splash brothers two down in santa cruz stay tuned for that as always we look at what the warriors are doing off the floor yet again giving bay area kids a safe place to go and have fun and learn about the great game of basketball I'll answer your questions on Warriors Vox on Twitter. That's Warriors V O X, and plenty of topics and a lot of good things to get to in this week's edition. And then I'll sit down with one of the great writers who covers the association, Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports. And if you have read a breaking NBA story anytime in the last few years, odds are Adrian was the guy that broke the story. He is one of the best. He talks about the balance of power in the Western Conference, and of course, I got his thoughts. On the Golden State Warriors and where he sees the Warriors fitting in uh, to the Western Conference this year. It's all this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Warriors game two of the road trip tomorrow night. Here in Minneapolis, a 5 o'clock tip. And when we come back, I'll sit down with Clay Thompson and get his thoughts on the great start to the season for the Warriors. But first, experience the electricity of Warriors ground next to Thursday when the Warriors take on Kevin Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Take advantage of a special dynamic deal presented by Schnitzel. Tickets start at just $44. Buy your tickets early and save at warriors.com slash dynamic deal. The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues on KMBR 680, the sports
0: leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Lee wrestles away the rebound,
1: leads a three-on-two fight. Bogan running the floor, and he throws it down with two hands.
0: We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: Shoots over Blake. Up and good on the right side. Blake Thompson is having
0: an amazing night. He's just using the defender's head as a gun sight right now. I think
1: he just checked his fingertips to see how hot they were. Wesley Johnson, the jumper, no good. 15 of 18 from the field, 5 of 7 outside the arc. He's got 37 points. Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors Radio and Warriors.com. We're talking with Clay Thompson early in the season and the first extended road trip for the club. And, and uh, you're off to a pretty good start.
2: Uh, yep. Um, we're shooting the ball well, we're sharing the ball well. Only blemishes the 130 points, whatever we gave to the Clippers. But other than that, we play played well out of two out of three games.
1: You, know, you talk about the, the Clippers game, and I think that it's it was a good uh, test for the club in, in this sense. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of teams are going to come hard against the Warriors this year.
2: Definitely, you know. If you got to battle the good teams on the road, and the Clippers are supposed to be one of the upper echelon teams in the NBA this year, and we fought that game. It was a good test for us. Uh, can't let our heads down because they're a good team. And we'll see him again on our home court, so we just got to remember how they beat us there.
1: Why do you think you're shooting the ball so well and, and especially on the home floor where you're like twenty five or thirty six
2: um I don't know just a sense of sense of confidence uh probably uh like I said, a sense of confidence, you know it's my third year. I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses um you know I've learned how to get to my spot, be more patient. Uh, it's just a good start for me, too. You know, playing with Andre and Steph draws a lot of attention away from me, So that, Andy Lee and Bogue, so that helps a lot.
1: Putting the ball on the floor a little bit more this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, definitely, I'm just trying to add that to my game, get to the free throw line, and uh, I think I'm doing a better job of that. You know, i still got a lot of room to grow. Um, I, ne- I know that will never be the main strength of my game, but if I can still, you know, use my first step, and my quickness to get to the rim, it's going to free up my jump shot that much more.
1: It's, it's funny, it, it's almost, uh, if you last long enough, and you know this because your dad played in the league, uh, you come up with your move, whatever it be, a post move if you're a big guy or a jump shot if you're a perimeter guy, and then they try to take that away from you, you almost have to come up with, uh, with a counter.
2: No question, um, that's what the NBA's about, you're going to face a good defender every night, and you know, you're going to see their best shot, and uh, you're going to have a lot of moves in your arsenal if you want to be a good scorer in this league, it's just a fact. Blake Thompson
1: is our guest. i Tim Roy, and, and you talk about good defense. Uh, how much easier is it? How much better will the Warriors be uh, with the addition of Andre Iguodal on the
2: perimeter? Oh, so much better. Um, he's so multifaceted in the, what he does. Uh, not only is his defense, but his ability to play make. He's so on himself. He's so fun to play with, and he's fun to watch. I mean, he's one of the high fires in the NBA. Um, he's a great facilitator. He's like a second lead guard out there. So having him out there is huge for us. Will he allow you to
1: conserve some energy on certain nights because last year you were the guy that had to guard the other team's best perimeter player night in and night out. And this year he can take some of that pressure off.
2: Yeah, no question. You know, I'd still pride myself on my defense wanting to guard the best player out there. But uh, we can almost switch off in a way and, it, you know, save my legs for offense some more. But you know, that's what I'm used to. Um, Andre is um, arguably one of our, you know our best perimeter defenders. So he has great hands, and he's a great guy in the passing lanes, and he's really a force. You know, he's great at getting steals and leading the fast break.
1: Talk about the, some of the big guys, and what's your reaction to the the way that uh, Draymond Green, David Lee, Andrew Bogut all came back in an uh, unbelievable shape?
2: Oh yeah. Um, what they've shown this year that they can do is they can lead the break, too. Uh, grab a rebound and take it full court. And that's what makes Bogut and D. Lee so special is, you know, not they're just bat- their back to basketball game, but their basketball IQ and their ability to pass the ball. I mean, we got two of the better passing big men in the game right now.
1: On your off season, let's see if I got this correct, you went to China twice? Yeah,
2: twice. <laughs> got 50 hours of flying, but it was worth it.
1: How many movies did you watch?
2: oh man i actually slept most of the flight i'm good at sleeping on flights now so i was lucky
1: you are lucky that is a gift don't ever give that one up yeah. uh what was your impression of the country
2: uh, different culture but unique i enjoyed it uh people over there love basketball which is great to see um people are really respectful they're really smart because they all know most of them speak english which is crazy to me. i couldn't even try and learn chinese so hard but uh it was a ton of fun um like I said, they love the NBA, so it was good. They were really receptive over there when you would talk to them. You
1: know, one of the things that's uh, interesting for you is that you come from a very sports-minded athletic family, and from what I hear, uh, there is a Splash Brothers 2
2: going on down in, in Santa yeah. Cruz. Yep, uh, Seth and my older brother Michael you know, on the team this year, so that'll be fun. I'll make a lot of trips down there to watch them play, and uh I'm excited. It's going to be fun to be able to see my brother play. I haven't been able to see him play in years live.
1: Tell me his uh, impact on you uh, growing up, and 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 what kind of an influence did he have on you as far as basketball?
2: Well, I think I, him and Chase the reason I turned out to be the player I was because you know uh, I got to play against them every day in the backyard, play one on one. Didn't matter the sport, you know, basketball. Was really competitive though, and uh, yeah, it was huge. I was. We were on the same high school team together, so it's, uh, it's great to be around him now.
1: How often do you guys talk, and do you talk the game? Yeah,
2: we talk the game. Well, we talk a lot. We text a lot, you know, this new day and age. Um, but being able to be in the Bay together is going to be so so awesome. I can't wait.
1: Look at this team right now. Tell me what you see, and with Harrison Barnes on the men, you know, at some point Festus Azili will be back, and, and he's
2: going to help inside. What do you see with this year's Warriors? We're a deep team. Like you said, we're missing two of our key players. Uh, can't wait until Harrison comes back. You know, he's going to you know, up our scoring that much more. And um, he's really worked on his game this off season. And same with Festus. You know, he gets back because he's just a force in the middle, just really disruptive. Um, doesn't show on the boss score, but he is a great post defender, and he's getting there.
1: Have you guys talked about, you know, what you guys want to accomplish this year?
2: Yeah, not really, we just try to take it one game at a time. We know we can be really good and play deep in the playoffs if we just be patient and you know don't uh, don't force the issue too much and just play with each other and trust each other and plan selfish. We know we can be good.
1: couple of final questions first of all i don 't know if uh, it's kind of an unfair question i didn't didn't ask you about this ahead of time, but uh, how are the cougars going to be this year?.
2: Whew. I think we'll surprise some teams. You know, Pac-12 picked us, or the media picked us to finish last, which I thought was a little disrespectful. That's alright. We got a good freshman named Q Johnson. We got returnees like Devontae Lacey who can shoot it. And, you know, I just think we're going to play exciting style this year. You know, four guards, one, one big man at a time. I can't wait to catch them when they're down playing the playing Cal or Stanford.
1: And finally, uh, 38 on opening night, and, and you've talked about how you want the Warriors to take California and make make the the Warriors-California's team, not the Lakers anymore. Uh, What did uh, you and Dad talk about after the game?
2: Oh, he just told me great job. Um, Just talked about, you know, he talked about what the Lakers could be. I mean, they shocked me when they beat the Clippers opening night, so we respect them, and they've always been a good team. And we just talked about what what this year has to offer and just life outside of basketball.
1: Hey, uh, best of luck! I always appreciate your time and and, uh, congratulations on the the good start.
2: All right, thanks, Tim.
1: My thanks to Clay Thompson for sharing some of his time on this road trip. I'm Tim Roy. The Lakers four pack is brought to you by Jack in the Box, featuring the Lakers, Kevin Durant, and the Oklahoma City Thunder, plus a Christmas Day matchup against Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and the Clippers. You don't want to miss that. Secure your seats tonight. Go to warriors.com/slash/miniplans or call one eight 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 GSW hoop and press one. When we continue, the Warriors off the floor make the Bay Area an even better place to live on KMBR 680, the sports leader. drives, it goes... Oh! And over Duncan! Elevation sensation for Harrison
0: Barnes! Golden State Warriors basketball. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: Well, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues, I'm Tim Roy. Warriors and Timberwolves here in Minneapolis tomorrow, 445 airtime on KMBR 680 and a 5 o'clock tip. As always here on the Roundtable, we give you examples of how the Warriors are making the Bay Area an even better place to live. This time we go to Oakland where Warriors Center Festus Azealy and Hall of Famer and Legend Nate Thurman joined the Good Tidings Foundation and members of the Oakland Mayor's Office to unveil a court refurbishment at the Defremory Recreation Center in Oakland. It's a legendary court. The great Bill Russell once played there, and many of the great players in Oakland basketball history have also spent time on that court. There were 100 kids from the Oakland Parks and Recreation Department on hand to look at the new surface and the new backboards. It's all part of the Making Hoops program, and it's number 46 and number 47. The court refurbishments that the program has presented to beautify the Bay Area community. And who better to break in the new court than current Warrior Center Festus Azili and of course Hall of Famer Nate Thurmond. DeFirmery for a long time has needed a little bit of a hug.
2: I love being around kids actually, that's that's my thing. So I, I can't wait to get done so I can go hang out
0: with the kids. The Warriors, when I play with them as is now, they've always been involved in community projects. I can remember way back when I played, we had to go to different places. They've continued that, and they've actually stepped up with the new ownership. We have uh, dedicated 47 basketball courts.
1: I cannot say enough about the folks with the Warriors and Good Tidings for helping make this happen.
2: You know, Oakland is uh, a place that's up and coming, and I think that everybody's coming together. The Warriors are helping with Good Titans Foundation, and we're all coming together to, to improve the neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good things going on, so I think it's all going to bring the community together. It is so awesome to be sitting on some new courts, right?
0: Golden State Warriors Basketball.
1: Thompson launches again and buries a three from right and for the Clippers, man. Uh-oh, got a
0: shootout. Okay, Corral, here we go. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. Warriors winning last night 110-90 to over the Philadelphia 76ers. Hi, everybody. Tim Boyd back on the Roundtable. Time now for one of my favorite parts of the show. That is answering your questions via Twitter at WarriorsBox, Warriors V-O-X. Or if you're not on Twitter, you can always send me an email at the T-R-O-Y-E at Warriors.com. So plenty of things to get to. So we start off with Bomber510, and he wants to know, is it common to practice and then travel to your next site? Well, it's not always the norm. But I think in this case, I think the the strategy is you get a better night's sleep and then fly the next day. There's no urgency to get to Minnesota right away, so why not spend the night and kind of relax and practice the next day and then fly? The Warriors will be doing that a couple of times this year. It's really six one way and half a dozen the other. Uh, Some coaches believe in getting to the next side as soon as possible. Others will play it by ear. And obviously on a back-to-back, you leave right away. So it really depends on the coach and the schedule and and, and just what the situation is on that particular road trip. Next question from Rommel Bernardez, who wants to know, when you are in away games like now, does the team return to California between games? Uh, no, that would be too hard to do, to play in Philadelphia, then fly all the way back home, and then fly the next day all the way back to Minnesota to play. Basically, you stay out on the road unless you have a home game upcoming. So the Warriors here in Minneapolis, and then they'll fly to San Antonio, and after the San Antonio game, right on the plane out to Memphis. So that's basically how it works. You, very rarely do you return in between road games. You would have to have two or three days uh, between games, at least at least three to make it worthwhile to go home. It really doesn't make any sense at this point to fly back and forth. It's just too hard. Uh, One of the things about traveling on the road is it's very hard on you mentally and physically. Even someone who does a job with just his voice like me, it wears you down uh, over the course of the season. Let's move on now to Bob23 who wants to know, are they concerned about the turnovers that have happened so far in the first four games of the year? Well, it's a very good question. It's a good topic. So let's go back to last night's coach's show when I asked him, if he would like to see his team take better care of the basketball.
2: We would like that. Um, we've got to get better at, at, at taking care of the basketball because um, there's a, a lot of nights you're not going to get away with turning it over, giving up extra possessions. Uh, it's going to come back to bite you. So where we plan on going, uh, we cannot accomplish that, turning the basketball over. And it starts with Steph, and, um, and then it you know, trickles down to everybody.
1: Duncan G wants to know: Will Iguodala run the point in the fourth quarter like Jared Jack did? Let Curry be a shooter, and I think your answer would be yes. Here's Warriors guard Steph Curry.
2: He can kind of play a role that Jack played last year, when I play off the ball and handle it and initiate offense and make plays. But I've kind of had dreams of running in transition, having Clay and Harrison on one side. Clay spot up for three, Harrison running the lane and and uh, andre on the other wing i mean that's that's tough to guard when we get a stop and run in transition uh, that's a pretty powerful you know attack reiki
1: ram wants to know well he says he's impressed with the starting five but the bench worries me one of my thoughts on that Uh, i think right now that the the bench play is still a work in progress i don't think we've seen the best play yet out of jermaine o'neal i don't think we've seen the best hoop yet out of tony douglas i think draymond green is going to be a rotation player throughout the course of the year especially with the fact that he is an improved three-point shooter and i know it's just the start of the season but he has worked so hard on that and if you watch him warm up every day you'll notice that his release and his rhythm is so much better than it was a year ago plus don't forget now when harrison barnes comes back that's going to make a huge difference for the Warriors bench, whether it be Harrison or Clay coming off the bench, whoever it is on a particular night, they're going to have that extra score, that extra player uh, on the bench. And, and I think I think that's going to make a huge difference for Mark Jackson. And I, I'll say this again, I think that Lemanja Netovich at some point during this season, might get to the role of, of a guy coming off the bench, a guy that uh, Mark Jackson can go to with some confidence. I just have a sneaky feeling that he's going to do that. Continuing last night, a big night for Steph Curry, and Swopa says that yes, Curry was the first player with 18-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, 10-plus assists, 5-plus steals, playing less than 30 minutes while wearing a mouth guard. Well, Swopa, I don't know if they've gotten that deep into it, but he did want to bring up one thing last night. Uh, during our post-game interview when he was our star of the game interview. He wanted to bring up one stat that nobody uh, was talking about. Let's go back and uh, relive a couple of moments from last night's post-game show. And and by the way, you also had five steals, which I didn't mention. The last Warrior to do that was Baron Davis. last Warrior player to do that against the Sixers was Chris Mullen. Uh, You had a full game tonight.
0: You gotta talk about the one block shot. I'm going home one? happy tonight. <laughs> one,
1: one block shot and a block shot. Moving right along, Podman61 wants to know: Can the Warriors be more specific on what exactly is foot inflammation? When do you expect Barnes back? Well, I would say that right now they've gotten to the point where it's 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 uh, it's being handled. He's working out. He's running before every game. He's doing drills. Now it's a matter of getting him back into game shape. I think the inflammation has calmed down enough where he can do the running and he's pushing it a little bit farther every day. And as well as the foot inflammation, it really comes down to a left toe situation as well. His left big toe was very sore. It's a common thing for basketball players. It's sort of like plantar fasciitis in the sense where, you know, all the pounding, the wear and tear of the years of all that stress... On your feet. It's a common basketball situation, so it's. I don't think it's anything really to worry about at this point. But he will be coming back, and we'll have more on this throughout the course of the road trip. And I think the best thing about this road trip for Harrison is that there is a day off between the game one and game two, and then there's a day off between game two and game three. So he gets an extra day of work uh, in between. And I think when we get to San Antonio, we'll know a little bit more about uh, just exactly when he's going to be back. And as I mentioned just exactly when he's going to be back and as i mentioned before in talking about the bench play when he comes back I think that's just going to make the Warriors bench a, a huge option for Mark Jackson. Well, we thank everybody for your questions and your comments. You can follow me on Twitter at WarriorsVox or send me an email at Roy, T-R-O-Y-E, at Warriors.com. We try to answer as many as we can, and the ones we don't get to, I try to answer with a response on Twitter. So thank you, as always, to the best fans in the NBA for participating. A quick reminder that Andre Iguodala is showing his appreciation for Warrior fans. He's giving away the final pair of Warriors 2013-2014 season tickets. Go to warriors.com slash final pair for contest rules and be automatically entered for a chance to win. Season tickets courtesy of Andre Igadala. No purchase is necessary to enter or to win. Nice job by Andre Iguodala. All right, Tim Roy, when we come back, we'll talk to one of the great writers in the association. That's Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports. Don't miss that on KMBR. 680 the sports leader golden state warriors basketball left side boga touch pass to david lee two hand rim racker burley
0: we now continue with more of warriors roundtable
1: Hey, it's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I, am Tim Roy, glad you are back with us. And you have a treat right now. One of the great riders in the association. And if you've had a breaking story that you have followed in the NBA over the last few years, odds are that Adrian Wojnarowski is the guy that broke the story. I had a chance to sit down with him before last night's game in Philadelphia and get his thoughts on the Warriors, the NBA, and the balance of power in the Western Conference. Well, Adrian, we're here in Philadelphia taping this interview. And uh, I guess the feel-good story in the first week of the NBA has to be the Sixers.
3: No, there's no question, Tim. This was a team that a lot of people, including myself, you know, targeted for chasing Philly's record of, you know, the fewest wins in a full NBA season—nine wins—and they're already, you know, 33% of the way there. So <laughs> uh, I think they'll 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 beat that. But they've been—you yeah, have got to give them a lot of credit. Michael Carter-Williams is better than I think anybody than most thought he was going to be and Brett Brown I've always been impressed with him their coach you know he was he was with the Spurs and I saw him coach Australia's national team in the Olympics and was so impressed with his presence and the way that team played I thought they always overachieved and he got the most out of his group and I remember leaving those Olympics in London saying he's, he's going to be a head coach and uh, so far you know he's done a re- remarkable job in a very short time here
1: Any other stories jump out at you in the first week?
3: Well I think you know, the return of Derrick Rose, you know, he is not, I think everybody expected, especially after the preseason, that he would come out playing much better than he has. Uh, he was getting to the free throw line a lot in the preseason. That's not happening. And you can see, and talking to some people around the Bulls, they're still trying to figure out how to play with him again. Uh, that's going to be an interesting team to watch this year. Luol Dang may not be re signed, may very likely become a free agent. Uh, there, there's a lot of issues, there's a lot of tension at organization, front office, and coaching staff uh that's certainly one and you know i think looking at brooklyn seeing that group together how you know one night they beat miami in in an impressive performance at home and then go on the road and get drilled at orlando so you see a lot of teams trying to you know feel their way around here still in the first week you know in the first week the warriors played the clippers and I got to tell you, there's some old-fashioned NBA bad feelings between those two thing, two clubs. You think that's good for the league? Oh, it's it's great, and especially as you've seen some of the traditional rivals fade here in the last couple of years, and younger teams like Golden State, like the Clippers, uh, especially in the West, as they've risen, as, as they as they've, as they've risen, um, it's great to see uh, some animosity and uh, some dislike because they're going to play each other a lot. They're going to be in a lot of big games. I think they're going to have to keep going through each other in the West and the playoffs for, for the foreseeable future. Um, and you have so many great matchups there. Chris Paul, Steph Curry, uh, you know, certainly. And, uh, but you can the, the dislike is tangible, and I think it's, uh, it's good because I think sometimes uh, guys around the league have grown up together in AAU ball, have been around each other so much. Uh, the mystery that used to be there between guys where they didn't really know each other and then therefore didn't like each other, has kind of evaporated, and so when you see it and, and a rivalry that uh, starts to show that, I think I do think it's good for the league. What are your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors? This is a very talented group, a very well balanced team. I think I don't know if Bob Myers and that front office gets enough credit for the way they put this team together, the group they have here. They've drafted really well. Um, you know, they had to make some tough decisions in free agency this year with Jarrett Jack and uh, Carl Landry, players that they liked that. That's what this league is now—is making difficult decisions and letting guys go that that you um, you know that you value because you're gonna have to pay somebody else coming down the road. So uh, this team has all the pieces uh, to advance in the West, uh, be a Western Conference finalist, even get to the finals. Uh, I, I think so far the key for them is is the health of Andrew Bogut, and he gives them such a different dimension when he's on the floor and healthy. We know how talented he is, and uh, I think. You know, the organization, I think, believes in his health as evidenced by the extension. Um, So I think, and once they get Harrison Barnes back, then he can start to see how he fits in with Iguodala and how this group, um, you know, how this group will come together. But they have a great chemistry here. They have a good group of guys, a very unselfish team. And, um, again, I think you've got to give the organization a lot of credit because... Uh, I I think a lot of thought and and care went into putting that kind of group together. All right, Tim Roy,
1: we continue our conversation with Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports, recorded before the Warriors took on the Philadelphia 76ers. Russell Westbrook came back, and and all of a sudden Oklahoma City is Oklahoma City again. Uh, Where do you put them, and and who will be with
3: them at the top of the West? Oklahoma City is a really uh, interesting team because I still think they're trying to figure out who they are, who they're going to be. Is Jeremy Lamb going to be their two-guard? Or are they going to go out and look out on the market and, and shop? And they have a, uh, a trade exception. They have a you know they could potentially offer up a draft pick, uh, a young player like Jeremy Lamb. And uh, you know will they go out and try to get a veteran starting two guard, um, or do they think Lamb can be the guy and and go forward with them? But uh, there's no question they're diminished over the last couple of years. Not only losing Harden, but they don't have a lot to show for that trade anymore. And uh, I think the burden on Durant and Westbrook is, is greater than it's ever been. How about the Houston Rockets and and how will they come together? I was kind of surprised to be honest with you to see Patrick Beverly beat out Jeremy Lin. As soon as Patrick Beverly got there last year, uh, he brought a, a sense of toughness and you know I was told the first few days of practice, you know he'd pick up Jeremy Lin full court, make it difficult for him to bring the ball um, up the floor. I actually like Lin on the second team there because I think he struggled last year playing a lot of minutes with James Harden, because Harden's going to dominate the ball on offense. And I think Lynn, when he can be the primary ball handler uh, at times when Harden's off the floor and play against other teams' second units, and I think you've seen some of that already, I think he's an even better player for them. Is Indiana ready to to challenge Miami and and overcome Miami? They challenged them last year. But to me, they're deeper and better this year. There's no question they're better. Their bench has improved so much with Luis Scola and C.J. Watson and their young players, Lance Stevenson, you can see how he's progressed. He's better. Uh, There's no question they've improved Uh, defensively. They're a very tough team, and now they can score off the bench. The question always is with Miami is that they still have the best player and you've seen LeBron get better even when no one around him in Miami or you look at the group and you say that's not really a better team this year maybe it is because LeBron gets better and so uh until somebody knocks him out uh you you still have to go with them uh Indiana came awfully close last year uh and I think there's really three other teams in the east Brooklyn Chicago and Indiana I think Indiana is probably Uh, best suited right now to to be the one to take them out. 13 new head coaches this year. It's almost like the NBA head coaching position. It's kind of like a running back of the NFL. Your shelf life's about three and a half years. It it is, and organizations want to pay coaches less. They want to do shorter deals with them. They want more control over who plays and personnel and style of play, and and you're seeing the coaches in the league who um, have stronger personality, stronger beliefs, veteran coaches, uh, who maybe haven't bought as much into the analytics movement uh, being pushed out in some instances and it's become very much you know for lack of a better term a, a, a partnership and and if a head coach in this league with the exception of only a few isn't willing to do that you're, you're seeing those guys fall by the wayside pretty regularly here how has your job changed with Twitter and the reason I say that is I want to give you some props because
1: having been someone who has uh, worked on the journalistic side early in my career that uh, you've broken a lot of big-time NBA stories how has Twitter and immediacy changed your job
3: well I think it's it gives everybody maybe a little bit more of an immediate scoreboard you can see sometimes where stories break initially where in the past you might just go website the website and be scrolling people don't have the time um, I just think that it just gives you an ability to, to reach different readers new readers Um you know drawing a a broader audience Uh, i think it's been good i think it's been good for our business Um, and uh you know i think to me less is more on twitter Um, i don't spend a lot of time commenting or telling you what i had for lunch or (laughs) what the weather is where i am i try to keep pretty narrowly focused to um covering the nba and occasionally highlighting some of the other work on yahoo yeah, hey, I appreciate it. Hey, you do a great job, and I uh,
1: love your passion for the game, and thanks so much for the time. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Adrian Wojnarowski as much as I did, and we continue with the roundtable. We'll look ahead on the schedule. But first, experience the electricity of Warriors ground next to Thursday as the Warriors take on Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's right. Westbrook is back Take advantage of a special dynamic deal brought to you by Schnitzel. Tickets start at just $44.00. Buy your tickets early and save at warriors.com slash dynamic deal. That should be a great game, as will be the one tomorrow night, Warriors and Timberwolves, 5 o'clock with your tip here on KMBR 680. But the road trip beckons, and we'll find out about the last two stops on this road trip as we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. KMBR 680, the sports leader.
0: Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Draymond goes to
0: work with three, with two, runner, right hand flip on the rim, and down! Draymond Green! We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Iguodala to Bogan,
1: waits for the dribble, hands off to Curry, Curry right wing, bumped on the play, finds David Lee in traffic, goes over the right hand, flip and scores, moving left to right. Great location by Steph Curry, Warriors back up by 11. Well, the hour has just flown by. I'm Tim Roy, and thanks for being with us on uh, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. One order of business yet to perform, and that is the upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. We start with tomorrow here in Minneapolis. The Warriors and the Timberwolves, and how do you keep Kevin Love off the glass?
3: Hamilton will try a triple. That's no good. Love grabs the rebound, and there it is. A 20-20 game for Kevin Love, the third of the season for K. Love. The 15th 2020 game of his career.
1: Warriors and Wolves, 4.45 the airtime, 5 o'clock tip here on KMBR 680. Then on to San Antonio. It's a rematch of last year's playoff series between the Warriors and the Spurs. And can you contain Tony Parker?
3: From the left wing, fires a three to tie it. He got it! Tony Parker, three the end. We're going to overtime. A left wing three-pointer by Tony Parker for frame wow
1: Five fifteen, the airtime on friday warriors and spurs here on cambr 680 looking forward to that and saturday the road trip concludes in memphis when you play the grizzlies you have to battle inside because they have the reigning defensive player of the year in mark gasol gasol guarding the inbounds turn and gun blocked by gasol and the game is over Marcus Gasol rejects Nick Young, and the Grizzlies escape from Philadelphia. Warriors and Grizzlies, 4.30 is your airtime on Saturday, and then Golden State concludes the road trip, coming home for a Tuesday night match with the very improved Detroit Pistons. Not only do they have big men, Monroe and Drummond, but they have added a high flyer in Josh Smith. Smith inside on the drive, and he throws it down one-handed. And he's fouled. Warriors and Pistons. Seven o'clock is our pregame show on Tuesday night, November the twelfth. It's a Hoops for Troops night presented by GovX. Gotcha, Warriors Vox. I, Tim Roy, for our producer, RC Davis, David Feldhaus, at the controls here at KMBR six eighty. We're stay tuned because coming up next, 49ers Insider. I, Tim Roy, saying good night.
0: Golden State Warriors Basketball.
1: Stolen by Iguodala. Right to Clay Thompson. Back to Iguodala. One dribble
0: goes to the rim. And he scores with the right hand. For tickets, go to warriors.com. Or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.